I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and intern, freshman intern joining us this year, Josh. Hasn't o- even taken a college class yet, Kim. Josh, Josh Wadka. He's going to a party tonight. We'll be checking up on him a little bit later to make sure he takes care of himself and behaves. But, uh, you know, big win for Washington tonight. Uh, today, 52-6. Uh, to 6. Temperature at kickoff listed as 79 degrees, and I think uh, Tony Castricone had the best line of the day listening to the, his broadcast. He said, walking into the press box with all the smoke that's in the air around here, he said it was like the old days, walking into a bar. That's yeah. how smoky it was up here. But you want to uh, give people the official attendance? Yeah, 57. 5,751. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it cut that off last yeah. year to 57,000. It cut that off last week. That too, was so. the paid attendance. Yeah. It wasn't even remotely close no. to that. Yeah, and then uh, also we started off the day with I was getting panic texts, panic phone calls, and some panic on the message boards. Uh, for those who had trouble downloading their tickets, I can't remember the name of the company, but they handled pretty much the tickets for all of college football or a majority of college football. And it went down for everybody. And it went down early this morning for us on the West Coast. But, you know, I'm thinking of all those Midwest teams, teams, people going to the game and not being able to download their tickets. That's why we need physical tickets. Yeah, I was talking (laughs) to one of the associate, associate athletic directors and he said, we can look stupid enough on our own. We don't need any help. And they had some panicked people today. So, um, But it sounds like it got resolved probably about 11.30, 12 o'clock. So, uh, you know, but all the panic was, all the panic was done. But um, impressive win today. I know that uh, Portland State's not the best team out there. And impressive win. And um, the offense today, it just... They were they so overmatched Portland State. The average size on the Portland State defensive line was 263 pounds. Yeah, well, Washington did to Portland State what we expected them to do to Montana last year. I mean, it, it, Washington dominated up front. They finished with 
what was how, how many yards on the ground? Like two hundred and forty something like that. Two forty one. Two forty one on the ground. They they just overpowered them and and ran around them and. You know, that's that's what you want to see when Washington comes out against an FCS team is them to dominate, and they did that on the line, and they also did it with their athletes. Yeah, you know, you just almost felt bad. It was just such a mismatch today uh, with Washington's offensive line against their defensive line. Um, the uh, You know, their offense showed a little bit, Portland State did, but this game was never really in doubt. No, I mean... Their, their two scoring drives were aided by multiple penalties on the Huskies. I mean, if you think about it, that, that, this really should have been a shutout. Yeah. Because they have the two pass interference penalties, both on um, Michelle Powell. Powell. Yeah. I guess one of them was a hold and one was a pass interference, but they were both on him. And then um, on the other side of things, on their, on their second scoring drive, their only other scoring drive, Jeremiah Martin gets the... It's it was looked to be inadvertent face mask. I, it's hard to tell. And then um, they got a personal foul from Alex Cook that I still have yeah, no idea where that came from. So, yeah. so I mean, both of those, neither of those happen. Washington probably has a fifty-two nothing shutout. Before the game, pregame, we were a little bit surprised. We saw Richard Newton suited up. Yeah. And we haven't seen Richard Newton suited up for a long time. No. I didn't expect to see him suited up, but not only was he suited up. He had ten carries for fifty nine yards and looked good too. Yeah, he did. He did. He was he was ready to go. You could tell he'd been champing at the bit, um, ready to go, and he got out there. And when he got his chance, he wasn't going down with that first tackle. He looked like he was. He looked like he was looking for contact yes. those first couple of carries. And well, that's one of the reasons why his body has broken down on him, Kim. <laughs> so he needs to learn. Just because a guy is there, does not mean you have to run over him. You can go out of bounds. You can try and cut it back in, whatever it is, instead of lowering your shoulder. I love the I love the mindset, but his body is not ready for what he puts it through. But boy, was that sideline fired up! Yeah, oh first yeah. When, yeah. He, when he lowered the shoulder to the guy, he was fired up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Chris, were you surprised a little bit because what his running back coach? said, you know, uh, Trent Marks commented this week that he hadn't seen Richard. And he, to us, he, I thought he was a little irritated that Richard was hurt. And we thought maybe he was not only hurt, but maybe in the doghouse a little bit. But uh, he didn't get just mop-up time. He had some primetime play. Yeah, it was Lee Marks. And it was Brian Grubb, I think, that actually made the comment in fall camp about wanting to look. People were asking about Richard Newton. And he'd be like, yeah. We've heard great things about him, but he hasn't been healthy. Well, it was so he literally week. hasn't done anything. Well, it was this week as well. Coach Marks talked about him and just said, you know, we haven't been able to see him. So that's, I think, why I was so surprised to see him suited up and get carried. Well, yeah, once you get into a game week, you know, you're given the primary carries to Talapapa. And then we know that, that Will Nixon has been getting a number of carries. Um, you know, Cam Davis did nothing to take carries away from him today. So it was interesting to see that the three guys that got 10 carries or more today were Talapapa, Nixon, and – or not Nixon, but uh, Cam Davis and Richard Newton. So it was interesting to see that those were the three guys that they really focused on. And I thought all three of them had really, really good games. In fact, I'm a little disappointed that Talapapa didn't get his 100 yards. He ended uh, up with 94. Short. So I thought they were going to give him his 100 and then get him off the field, but it never happened. If Richard Newton's plays like he did today, who, who's he taking carries away from, Scott? Oh boy! Um, well, Nixon? if we're talking about the yeah, probably well, Nixon Will got Nixon. three carries. So yeah. that yeah, I would say that, that answers Will your Nixon. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if Washington had been in this situation last week, 
in, in the situation where they were blowing guys out and Richard Newton was available. Um, well, I, I'm sorry, and Richard Newton wasn't available. Will Nixon probably would have. I don't know how many had, what was it, six or yeah. eight or if, whatever if, it was. If this, is a, if this is a tied game going into the fourth quarter against Michigan State, I could see Will Nixon getting carries. But if, it's, if they need a four-minute offense to salt away a three-point win against Michigan State, I think Richard Newton's getting those carries. Because he's going to be the one that's going to be more physical. He's going to be the one that's going to initiate contact. He's going to try to drive guys back, move the pile, try to get first downs that way if they're trying to salt away the time and salt away the game. So it all depends, I think, on the situation and the, and the game situation. Scott, what did you see out of Michael Penix today? Um, I'll tell you what. I saw one of the most... I would say it's got to be up there for one of the most impressive throws I've ever seen from a quarterback. That throw where he's rolling to his right, throws it basically 38 yards on a freaking dime. Across his to, body. Across his body to uh, Jalen McMillan. I mean, that you, – you can't. I, I would say there are probably only a couple quarterbacks in the NFL who could make is that, that would, would Would that be considered a hole shot? Because it the safety, is. the safety was late. Yeah. But he he did throw it to the field side mm-hmm. where the DB couldn't get it. Yeah. So because he was just a little bit behind, but that DB was not like yards behind the play. No. He they really had to fit that into a pretty tight it, window. That is, it, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah, he laced that. It, you you just can't throw it better than that. And then you know he he shows patience. He finds Jalen Millen. The worst throw that he's had in two games with the Huskies was the interception. Yeah, yeah. I mean he he could have just dropped that into. Was that Jalen Polk? I think so. But it yeah. was one of those where we were talking. I remarked to you during the game yeah. that if people remember that out route during the Kent State game to the opposing sideline where he dumped it over the linebacker's head. On, all he had to do was just put a little bit of air under it. He had all the time in the world. Yeah. It wasn't one of those things where there was a DB breathing down the receiver's mm-hmm. neck. All he had to do was just kind of put a little bit of air on it. It would have been just fine. But for some reason, he thought either he needed to go a lot more direct Tell or me just what, toss it in there. Tell me what happened, Scott, because I got screened out on it. On what? The, the interception. Oh, he was just talking about it. I mean, yeah, just, uh, Polk's coming across the middle. He was open too. Yeah, he, he, was, he was wide open, and he and he had a uh, uh, what was it? A safety? Probably yeah, probably about someone five, behind him. Yeah. Someone who was five, deep. Yard, five yards deeper. Yeah, there was someone him. in deep coverage. And, yeah. and Penix just overthrew it. He he it sailed on him, and I mean Polk went up for it, but he, I, he barely got his finger on yeah, it. Yeah, no, so. it was, no, he didn't really have a chance to yeah. catch the ball. What did um, you guys but, see? But, I'm sorry. Just to answer your question, Kim, when when you I I thought Michael Penix, other than that interception, he had it was just a continuation of the day he had from Kent State. I thought he was on target. I thought he made a lot of good throws. Um, there are a couple that were drops, um, but for the most part, I thought he did really well. I have a different view down on the field, so I don't see things as low you guys do. Did you guys see any? Either of you, any of you, see any new wrinkles today? The wild sure. Happens. Well, they used a little bit more Wildcat today. They showed on the goal line, uh, was it Cam Davis that scored on the touchdown? They showed a little bit of the of an option. Oh, no, no, that was Will Nixon. Or was it Nixon? Okay, yeah. so, yeah, so they showed that on the goal line. So I think, obviously, they're trying to do a couple things here and there to give them a look where Michigan State's going to have to scout that. So I think that's what they were trying. They were just trying to do a little thing here or there to kind of make it. It's like, oh, okay, they gotta they got to do that. 
But by and large, I don't think they were going to try to put down a ton on film after they were ahead, what, 31-3 at half. It's, you know, at that point, you just stick to what, you, what you're doing and, and go from there. And Josh, you mentioned, you know, they did quite a bit more of the Wildcat yeah. today. Yeah, they had Wayne out there in the, what you would consider the quarterback position. They also looked at the jet sweep quite a bit in the, like a little run option there, which was interesting. But, yeah, they also, they also pulled a little trick play reverse to, to Penix where he tried to throw the ball. But I can't he, he, They actually got pressure on him. So yeah, wasn't able yeah to. I think he was hit as he threw. But I, I can't remember who was flying down the side on the sideline that play, but mm-hmm. yeah, threw him a little bit. Well, you just wonder if plays like that are just getting it on film, so exactly. the option that they have to prepare for, because that was a big thing back in the day before Marcus Tuiasasopo really started running the option was just to put it on film so the teams would have to prepare for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, uh, offensive line, uh, melee came in at some point. They had some shuffling. Uh, Nate Kalepo was in the injury tent for a little bit. Not sure if he came back in I or didn't, not. I didn't look. I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did. They, they, was, they, I mean, they that shuffled so, out. That was so late in the game. They should, yeah, they shuffled out of that like in the third late in the third quarter. They were already rotating guys in. So, like, you know, there was a line with Bulow and Memelar. And uh, I think even Melee was the center at that time. Yeah. But then Hatchet was at right guard. Vic Kern was at the right tackle. And I want to say that was the that was the line where they had Dylan Morrison initially, and then I think Sam Heward, and then after the first uh, series with Heward, then I think they went to their third team. I could swear I saw Corey Luciano at left guard. I didn't see that. I'm not saying you. I could Are you sure it wasn't 64? No, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was okay. Luciano. We'll have to take a look at that on the game film. But I'm. Are you talking sure about the second half? No, the first half. Hmm. Well, if it would it would only have happened if Melee was at center. Yeah, so we'll have to take a look yeah. at the game because I'm pretty sure I saw that. Well, it would have if if for some reason Nate Kleppo was actually hurt in the first half, we'd have to go back and look. If that's the case, it wouldn't shock me at all if Luciano played some left guard. But then again, you've you've got other guys like Memoir and some of those other guys that have played time. Hatchet, we know Hatchet is has basically spelled guys at all three interior positions, so he's capable of jumping in at any time. Just taking a look at this offense, it's just looked today, and I know it was an inferior defense, but it just looked like they were – I mean – They could do whatever they want. They could. I mean, it just wasn't a fair matchup. But this offense today looked unstoppable, and Michigan State State's got a lot to chew on. They do. They do. Um, I, uh, I think they won anyone... like 50-something yeah. nothing, too. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like Washington isn't going to have plenty yeah. to chew on on their yeah. end, too. Yeah, so – there, there's just a lot to go on, but uh, yeah, I, I this is the best the offense has looked in in several years. I mean, I I would go back to the probably 2017 offense would be the next closest thing to what this offense. Was yeah, the, the stat that they were talking about in the press box was when uh, Giles Jackson and and, and uh, was McMillan. it McMillan? Yeah. They both went for over 100 yards, and that was the, the first, first time. Since. 2016, the Cal game yeah, with, with uh, Ross, oh, Ross and Dante Pettis. Yeah, Let me just go down the stat sheet a little bit, just uh, taking a look. First downs, Washington with 32, Portland State with only 12. Net yards rushing, Portland State with 81. understand some people aren't happy about the defense, but they didn't give up a lot of yards. 81 rushing yards to Portland State, and Washington ran for 241 net passing yards. Um, that was 50 net yards passing for Portland State and 376 for Washington. Total yards, 
only 131, and I understand people have got to find something to complain about, but boy, 131 yards, they didn't give up much, and big day offensively with 617, uh, 617 yards on 73 plays. How many plays did they have last week? Uh, the the Huskies. It was at seven. It was seventy five, I think. Oh, it was pretty closer to like I thought it was like seventy eight. Mm-hmm. It was pretty close to that. And then uh, third down conversion, which is always an interesting number to look at. Uh, Portland State was held to two out of thirteen, while Washington was seven of ten. So that's a good number. Wayne Talapapa again, close to hundred yards. He had twelve carries for ninety four yards. Cam Davis had ten carries for seventy yards. Richard Newton had ten <laughs> tough physical fifty nine yards. Uh, Michael Penix was 20 of 27 with the one interception we talked about for 337 yards and 84-yard uh, uh, touchdown for a, a long pass on that. Dylan Morse was uh, one of three. Sam Heward was two of two. On the receiving end, um, Giles Jackson, six receptions for 105. Jalen McMillan, four receptions for 127. And going back to Giles Jackson with the six um, six catches, he was targeted six times. Mm-hmm. So everything that he was targeted, he caught. And so um, just the other thing, there was only one punt. I think that was in the fourth quarter. Jalen Morris's drive. Yeah, yeah Jack McAllister won for 54 yards. and oh, just, 51. Uh, 51. And just you know, uh, one other interesting stat, a little bit of a surprise starter out there today. Grady Gross was kicking off today. He had eight kickoffs. He was averaging 64.5 yards uh, per kickoff. But uh, – any Five idea? Too, any obviously. idea what that was about? Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's a, a better, better deep kicker. <laughs> he's got, he's got, got a bigger leg. Exactly what it is. Yeah. And the other he's thing is too, Kim. That granted, he has four games that he can play this year with, and without burning his red shirt. So maybe that's what they're working on. They want to see how he kicks in a game. Yeah. But it's also, and Fetters made a great point about this post game when he and I were talking about it. But Grady Gross is likely your heir apparent at the place kicking job for Peyton Henry because Peyton Henry's last year is this year. So if Grady Gross is your upcoming guy to take things over, you got to get him reps this year. Yeah, just one more special teams highlight today. Um, one of the cool moments was Jaden Green is a guy that nobody talks about because he never makes any yeah. mistakes. He's the long snapper and he had one snap today. But uh, Jaden Green in the offseason put on 30 pounds. He wow. looks like a linebacker now. He's gotten big. And uh, he was telling people, I guess, before the game, he was going to make a tackle. He's going to make a tackle. And he went down, and he had a great tackle. That was. Sideline absolutely exploded. It was really a cool moment to see on the sidelines. <laughs> it's the only time he had a chance to make a tackle. Yeah. So, yeah, so well, it was, it was good. If you think about this, because uh, he did have what uh, – he had the field goal and six – or seven, or seven touchdowns that he had yeah. to get do. Yeah. So he did snap more than that, but yes, for now, a long. Snap. Actually, now I'm gonna. Now I'm very curious. I'm gonna go back and look. Do we know? Is he on any of like the kick cover? He is teams? not. Okay. No. Because I was gonna say with that with that kind of work, maybe he maybe he gets. Yeah, but he's off. your he's your long I snapper. Understand. You don't I get want to get uh, yeah. I, I get that. Hold. I get that. I get that. It, it was just really cool because. You get that in college football. You don't get that in pro football. You don't get those type of moments where, you know, you get that. And, you know, speaking of that and those types of moments. The only time you get that is when a kicker makes a a tackle. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, but, you know, we talk about, you know, Jaden Green where we hadn't, you know, know, he got his first tackle today. They played a lot of guys today, 74 players, and some guys that jump out on the participation chart that we saw today. 
Two of them, or there were three true freshman scholarship guys that I remember. So JV Young Green played, but he'd played last week anyway. But um, Denzel Boston got in for meaningful reps in the first. He played before though, hadn't he? Did he play la- last week? I, he might have played, but he didn't play on the regular okay. wide receiver position. He also caught a pass today, and he got a t- two-yard touchdown run. So, so he was on there, and then Javion Parker, or I'm sorry, Javon Parker, yeah, um, had, was in there at toward the end with Thule. Didn't yeah, did not see Tristan Dunn. I did not. No. It was really interesting, I, you know, in the pass interference call that um, the guy was trying to tackle Denzel Boston got a pass interference call. Denzel was pissed, and he wrapped the guy around the head and took him down. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the flag, I thought it it might be a personal foul mm-hmm. on Denzel, but. Um, I've heard uh, some of the guys absolutely raving about Denzel Boston. Yeah. And I think that when he was being recruited and he committed, I think some people kind of poo-pooed that commitment a little bit. Why did they do that? Because they didn't know about him enough. Not just that. Why is that? Who was the other receiver that was committed? A guy they're facing next Saturday, Jeremy Bernard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that guy is a special – I mean, as I think Denzel is a great receiver. But he was poo-pooed because everybody talked about Jeremy Bernard. Yeah, well, I think I think they may have gotten a strict, uh, you know, a good one. And yeah, I do Denzel too. It Boston. would be nice to have Jeremy Bernard too. But um, they they do. Um, he he is a good he is a good wide receiver. He didn't you know because he plays at Emerald Ridge, a place that does, you know is probably fourth in the pecking order at best down in the SPSL behind Graham Kapowski and Puyallup and Sumner. So. Those guys just they, they kind of play second fiddle to a lot of those schools, and so you know he just doesn't get a lot of looks. But um, you know he's he's come in. Um, he has surprised a lot of people. I think with his, I, I think I don't think his athleticism has surprised people or his ability to catch. I think what it's his readiness to take on the college game and be a, and be a productive person. Also, uh, COC Finau sighting. Yeah, yeah, that was nice to see. He he was in there for a couple plays. I didn't see how with, many. With uh, Bradley McGannon. Yeah, and then uh, they had uh, Sakai Afua Asawao um, was in there. Got to see Maurice him. Maurice Himes. Maurice Himes, yeah, that was another one. So they got a lot of guys some reps. That was pretty fun to yeah, see. Yeah, a lot of uh, the walk-on linebackers. Like mm-hmm. Drew Fowler got a bunch of time. Yeah, a uh, bunch of the walk-on wide receivers. Uh, Nick Duran, Brennan Holmes. Yep. Just real quick, I uh, post game um, on the we side are. on the sidelines. It was this little kid, you know, with his dad, you know, and the kid must have been like five or six. And uh, the dad told me it was his first uh, Husky football game, but he was excited. But you know how five and six year old kids were. So Drew was walking by, and I said, "Hey, Drew, see that little guy there? It's just Drew uh, Fowler. Fowler. Drew Fowler. And Drew's such a great kid." I said, "His first Husky game with his dad," and he went over there and gave the little kid his gloves. And just the look on that little kid's face was just. Something else. So shout out to Drew for doing that. But I think the story of the defense today, um, the guy who just had a big, big, big game was Braylon Trice. Yeah. Yeah, on the defensive Your side. Your defensive well, player of the game, He was right? my defensive player in the game. Yeah, four yeah. tackles, which is second on the team. He tied for second on the team with four tackles, but also had a sack and a half and two and a half tackles for loss. I thought he was very active. He but, did have some missed Miss things where uh, he got sucked inside and the quarterback went around him. But for the most part, I thought Braylon disruptive. Really well. Yeah, he was disruptive up front. And Jeremiah Martin was disruptive as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you could see over the course of the game why Jeremiah Martin and Braylon Trice are the starting edge players 
and not Zion Tubola Fatui and Savelle Smalls. Because those two guys, the starters, have the discipline and they are playing the position the way you're supposed to play the position. The other two guys are trying to play the position and make big splash plays and are allowing big holes to form for, for the offense to be able to play through them. And a lack of discipline, like Zion got a personal foul today. I mean, there are just some plays where those backups, they need, they've got plenty to clean up because the first two guys are really setting the standard. And it's really easy to see why. Yeah, no, just the, the defense. Um, you know, we've been talking about this since, you know, uh, Coach DeBoer got here. They're not going to play that soft zone and give up just the stuff underneath. They're going to get burned and they're going to gamble and they're going to play aggressively. And, uh, you know, we saw wide receivers getting behind the defensive backs. Nothing got completed, but we definitely saw um, wide receivers getting behind yeah. defensive backs today. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just part of the scheme, personally. Like, but at the at the end of the day, like you said, like what, like a hundred something yards were given up total. So oh, I mean, dear. as much as much as like a little red flag does like kind of pop up, and there are these certain plays that we see defensive backs getting burnt. At the end of the day, like I mean, it's still a hundred thirty yards for the yeah, entire 50 game. Fifty yards so, passing. Yeah. yeah. I remember going to the Oregon board one time when they won like 66 to 3 and there was a long thread about people complaining about the kickoff coverage <laughs> you know so you know just there's always things to pick apart but I think if there's anything to take apart to be concerned about after this game is um, they, they lost Jordan Perryman last week. He was not suited today. Um, didn't, they, wasn't, they, didn't have anything on him, no, though, to no. make it. So maybe it's just precaution. I, I believe it's a lot of precaution, just from what the coaches were saying this week. It sounded like if this was a big game and like a meaningful game for them, that he would have been out there. Ready well, to they're shorthanded enough where they moved Julius Irvin from mm. uh, safety over to corner, and then they lost Devon Banks. I think he got uh, hit in the head. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, well, he he was taken into the locker room. Okay, I did also. I mean, he was getting burned quite a bit too. So, who knows? But. Yeah. No, he was kind of that sideways oh. front walk oh. thing going on. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I've done that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, not after hitting the head though. Yeah, mine's usually from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. You have some concerns about that defensive secondary and the, specifically the depth, Chris? Well, yeah. I mean, they're thin. I mean, it's, there's no two ways around it. Kalen DeBoer said they're thin. He said they're thin after the game. He said he knew it was a worry going into camp. Obviously, they moved uh, Julius Irvin over there even before uh, Jordan Perryman got hurt. So clearly, that was that's an issue. Um, you know, Elijah Jackson's not back yet. He's week to week. Um, don't know anything about what Zakari Spears and his situation. I don't know if he's going to be available. So that's why they actually brought in Javion Green, I think even before Dyson McCutcheon. I mean, they, they are going to play a true freshman, and he's legitimately in the two deeps right now, legitimately. Yeah, and by moving Julius Irvin over to a corner from safety, then they lost, looks like they lost Vince Nunley for the year as well, the safety. Yeah, well, fortunately, they're still pretty solid two deeps at safety because they've got Cameron Williams in, this, in the second team and then Mikel Esteen, who coming on. He, had a, he had a nice pass breakup at the end of the game. He's coming on, obviously had the pick against Kent State. So he's starting to really get deserving of some, some extra playing time too. So, yeah, the safety position itself looks pretty solid. But there's no doubt they are razor thin at corner right now. Razor thin. And with college football with the 85 scholarships, it always seems like there's going to be one position at least where you're going to be thin. But we haven't seen um, a lack of depth at corner for a long time. Well, that and, you know, with the reputation that Jimmy Lake uh, had for developing corners, I mean, I mean, I, I still think as, as I don't want to say Jordan Perryman looked poor last week, but he didn't live up to what I had expected yeah. from him. I still think he is an NFL cornerback, and I think he will prove that by the end of the season. But, um, you know, Washington had, not only did Washington typically have two corners that you could project to the NFL, whether they're going to be high draft choices or not was another thing. But, I mean, at one point they had Keith Taylor, um, Trent McDuffie, uh, uh, Kyler, Gordon, Kyler, Gordon. Kyler Gordon, who's the who's the one that got drafted by Tennessee? Um, Elijah Molden. Elijah yeah. Molden. They, and and the, those, those guys were on the team at the same time. Well, and, we're not even talking about Jacoby yeah, Covington. Yeah, I mean that guy's a future NFL player. So, yeah. I mean, you, we were just—I mean, Washington fans were just so blessed to see that the Huskies become DBU. That now, I, and it is thin. I'm not saying it's not, and I and we don't know if they have a bunch of NFL guys. But um, I, I just, I think the big thing is that we need to. You know, really see what these guys become, but there's no surefire NFL guys. So. It's funny because we tend to treat 
some of our interns, we tend to treat them like they're adults. And Josh is, hasn't even attended a class at UW yet. We've got him down there doing interviews. We're down on the sidelines identifying recruits. He's in the student section on the first half. He's up in the press box on the second half. You know, but what's it like, Josh, to be up in the press? You've never been up in the press no, box before. I have. It's, it's definitely a unique experience. Gotta gotta control my cheering a little bit as a as a student. But he clapped one time, and I just go. No. Yeah, but no, besides that, I mean, the air conditioning in the press box today was huge, so, but no, it's, it's definitely been a really cool experience, and I, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, no, and just being back, and, you know, just being back where they're doing the interviews and stuff, yeah. it's kind of cool, too. Yeah, yeah for sure. So we appreciate it, but yeah. I am going to check up on you later for this party that you're going to. <laughs> We're going to make you call us from a landline. I want to talk to the parents, and we might request a FaceTime call, too. All you right. got it, man. You got right, it. Right. Uh, anything we haven't covered, we'll, guys? We'll do that with him a little later when he goes down to Vino too. Yeah, so. yeah. Anything else we need to cover, guys? Um, as far as recruits? Um, uh, yeah, recruits on the sideline. Yeah, Not a lot today, but expecting a big oh, day yeah, tomorrow, yeah. next and, week. And I, I think we're going to be all over that. I talked to some people, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have that dialed in pretty well. We'll have a pretty good list by Monday. I, I'm hoping at, at the very least by Thursday to have a list so that Friday we can put it out and say who's going to be on campus. I'm expecting, I know of at least two official visitors that'll be on campus, and I think they're already listed in our database as being there. Anthony James, the top recruit in Washington's class, at least from a rating standpoint, top recruit in the in the class. <clears throat> He's supposed to be here. I've talked to several other uh, commits, and they've told me, that is a game that they've wanted to see, and they're trying to figure out a way to come up. But they're guys who've already taken visits, so it's not them paying for it. It's their parents paying for yeah, it. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they they got to talk to mom and dad and see if that can work out. And, and how many people are sending their 17-year-old kid on a plane to stay in downtown Seattle, you know, yeah. in, in Montlake by themselves? So they got to see if they can get off work and all that different stuff. So a lot of things that are that are kind of up in the air, but just be be. Be assured, there are going to be a lot of recruits on campus. And you'll be Saturday. all over it. I'll, I'll be all over it. And you. You'll, you'll be helping me. Chris will be helping me. And Josh, we might to, or we might have to get Catherine to talk to some of these, these recruits <laughs> and, and ha- have her you know, get some info for yeah, us. Yeah, we'll get so. Catherine going this yeah, week. Yeah, I think we need to get Catherine going this week. So. Yeah, because I'm telling you Just something. have them d- slide in their DMs. They'll answer any questions she asks. I guarantee you. You guys don't know Catherine that well, but she may come across as real sweet, but she'll smile and... Oh, she's a killer. Her. She's kill a killer. You. Yeah, she, she is. She's she's a killer. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm joking about that. But I mean, she she's... Uh, we can all help out this week because there's going to be a lot of guys that we're going to need to keep a track of. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've talked, you know, a little bit about earlier this week about the talk on the sidelines last week about bringing the fun back to Husky Stadium yeah. with the first two games. Well, guess what we get next week? We fun. get an electric Husky Stadium because it True. will be electric in this stadium. Yep. You hope yep. so. Yeah. But if it isn't, something's seriously wrong. True. Yeah. True. Seriously um, wrong. And it's a 430 kickoff, so it's not early it's not late, and the smoke's supposed to be gone. Prime time, baby. And, and it's not going to be hot. It's going to be in the mid seventies at best. So literally, get out here. Literally, no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts, Chris Fetters. Just that that when when the the biggest drama on the message boards during the game day is why why Sam Hewer didn't play over Dylan Morris and why Dylan Morris got the second team reps. When that's the biggest problem. 
you know it's been a good day. And the efficiency offensively continued again. Um, it looked like Penix was going to struggle a little, a little bit early with some of the longer passes, but they got that dialed in, especially with, with Jalen Millen getting him going. And once I think that big play hit, I think that settled everybody down offensively. And then defensively, yes, they've got some, they've got some issues in the back. They're super thin. They had some needless penalties with some personal fouls and things like that that they really have to clean up. But again, if you're the defense, one of the defensive coaches, you're you're doing handsprings inside because you held them to 130 yards, and yet you've got all sorts of things that you can go to town on them on. All sorts of things that they need to clean up. So I think overall, it's about as good a result as you could have expected. Final thoughts, Scott Eklund. The the beauty of this game, and Chris alluded to it, but I'll I'll just say it outright. This team still has another level or two to go to, and as good as they're, as well as they're playing on the offensive side of the ball, the defense isn't quite up to that yet. I want to see if we can see another step, or even two defensively, and the offense just to continue to stay where it's at. Washington is going to be. I I believe this team has the talent and coaching to beat any team on their schedule this year. That includes Oregon on the road. That includes UCLA and Arizona State on the road, places they don't play well typically. That includes Michigan State this next week. They can beat any team. on. They're, they're not going to go perfect. I get that. But they have the talent to beat it. Now, can they get that, that going? I think they can. Next week's going to be fun. I still don't know what I'm going to predict. Okay. Uh, Josh? Uh, Scott kind of talked about it at the end there, but like, it's, a, it's a whole different ball game next Saturday. I mean, it's been great to see – it's been great to see – Washington destroy the teams that they're supposed to destroy and beat up on some of these lower level teams. But you got a you got a big Big Ten team in Michigan State coming into town that's got to prove something as well. So it's a big it's like a couple of players said said in their interviews today. It's a statement game next week, so we'll really see what this UW team is made of. Hey, just real quick, I talked to Frank Kepnong a little bit uh, earlier this week, and he said he's taking an uh, advanced math class, some calculus class. I didn't know what it was, uh, physics class, and then some quantum something else class. Um, are you taking the same classes in your first semester as a freshman at Washington? No, I couldn't. Whatever that physics is, I, I ain't got no business in there. No, just, just a bunch of business classes, man. All right. That's all me. What are you so, taking? Uh, microeconomics, like introduction to law, and then like political science. So still a decent load, but... Kim still doesn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely no rocket science okay. or anything like okay. that. What's the difference between microeconomics and macroeconomics? That's why we gotta one go to smaller, class. <laughs> one's smaller and one's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. ask you that question next month. So yeah. hey, uh, <laughs> hey, guess what? The preseason's over, and that's what it's felt like. And um, I think that Kalen DeBoer and staff and this team has gotten the attention of some people down south, not only down in Oregon, but I think the you know California schools are all looking up here and going, hey, you know, this uh, we got a we got a team I, up there. If Washington comes out. I'm not saying they won't win. I'm just saying if they come out and they push Michigan State, let's say it's a 27-24 game, Michigan wins, that's what's really going to open people's eyes and make people think that know that Washington is back where they should be. What we saw today is what 
and I hate to say this because it may come off wrong, what we saw today and what we saw last week is what should be expected. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a dominance of... They did what they were supposed to do. They're supposed to do. And last year, um, you know, and the year before, we didn't necessarily see that for various reasons. And, you know, we've had, you know, games and we've had seasons where we haven't seen this. But, you know, having these two games like this puts a lot more confidence and positivity towards the program where, you know, uh, with the new coach that they, they made the right hire. They indeed have made the right hire. And I think every, I don't think you can find anybody who's going to criticize Coach DeBoer so far, but it's only been two games. Yeah. So, uh, again, next week at 4.30 start, it's going to be a big game. So um, uh, get here early. And uh, the weather's, we expect the weather to be good as well. Mm-hmm. So um, Don't forget to wish somebody a happy birthday. Oh, uh, Courtney Morgan, the recruiting coordinator for University of Washington. It's his birthday today. He turned 41 years old. So uh, Courtney's an eater. So I asked him, I said, 41-ounce steak tonight? And he goes, where can I get a 41-ounce steak? You know, so... <laughs> But Shea Reynolds. Yeah, but just yeah. yeah. How many ounces was that one that we had the other day? Oh, yeah. I know, but he could that he could like shave 20. off forty one ounces without yeah. a problem. Let me let's just see that Oregon play. Uh, Courtney played offensive guard for Michigan. He's not a small dude. He's yeah. a big dude. He could eat a forty one. He's ounce, lost so. a little bit of weight. But yeah, he, but he, he looks yeah. good. So happy birthday to Courtney Morgan. So hey, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eckland. Go dogs. And wait, wait, wait. Intern Josh. Josh Wadka. <laughs> Go dogs. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.